Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. What's up, my fellow RDs? It's March, meaning that it's Women's History Month, and dietetics is primarily a female-dominated industry. So I just want to share a quick reminder that we can elevate each other within our field. Does that mean that we have to gather all the RDs we know and sing kumbaya around a campfire? No. Does that mean we have to follow and love what every dietitian out there is doing? Also no. But does that mean that we should reach out and start conversations with fellow RDs that we do vibe with? Drop them a yes, girl, get it. Or a smiley, hands up, and then purple heart emoji. Side note, that's my favorite emoji combo. Yes, we can. But seriously, if you've never done it before, start today. Find an RD on Instagram that you admire and comment on an image or video that you genuinely love. And in more awesome news, the Dietitian Collaborative website is live. So if you've been listening from the start and you're wondering why you get directed to a wellness Kuchina site instead of the Dietitian Collaborative site, it's because I didn't know that this was going to take off and it has. So yay! Stick around to the end of the show and I'll tell you more about what the Dietitian Collaborative has going on this month. But let's jump into our guest for today. Diana Mesa is a Cuban-born, Miami-raised dietitian with a passion for liberating her people from the claws of chronic dieting. She wants her fellow Latinos and Caribbean people to know that they can enjoy cultural foods without compromising flavor and honoring their health. She specializes in everything diabetes and insulin resistance related from PCOS to type 1 and 2 diabetes, and she really enjoys presenting culturally competent cooking demos and loves growing food in her own garden. So let's hop into this convo. Diana Mesa. Welcome, girl. What's up? Hey, how are you? I'm doing super well. I am really excited to have you on the show today. Before we dive into your journey and the info that you're going to give us and whatnot, let's chat about the three most important questions ever. Are you ready? Hit me with it. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? Southeast Asia. Ooh, any country in particular? All of them. All of the countries. <laughs> I want to. I want to okay. go to all of them. Just take off like two months of my time and just travel through all of the countries in Southeast Asia. That sounds really cool. Eating I, my way through them. Of course, eating your way through. Is there any other way to do that? I don't. <laughs> not at all. I've heard Mir- Miramar is really cool, so that might be on your list as well, or add that to your list. Yeah, Myanmar. Yeah, I think that used to be Burma. Myanmar? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. There's a, there's a place by the old university that I used to go to that was run by um, some people from Myanmar. It was like a Asian, I guess, general Asian food because they had sushi, they had Thai. You know, I'd love some authentic, I guess, Burmese food. I'm not Sounds sure. right. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That leads perfectly into what is your favorite meal of all time? This is a hard one, but if I had to choose, it would be picadillo and rice with avocado salad and plantains, sweet plantains. Picadillos are delicious. The first time I had it, I was in Miami and it's, oh my God, it's life-changing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So good. Okay. And then last but not least, coffee or cocktails? Cocktails. Anyone in particular? French 75. That's my favorite too. Yes, I can never go to a place that makes it correctly, but on Friday I did, and I was so blown away. It's just like in the forefront of my of my mind. So I'm excited for that. 
Excited That's to repeat. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, now that we know basically everything about you, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming an RD and kind of where you're at now? Sure. Uh, so I graduated with a bachelor's degree from Florida International University. I went the distance internship route, which was quite difficult. And the reason why is because we had a coordinated program for the bachelor's classes. But the year that I, my junior year, actually, it was removed. And then they opened up a master's coordinated program. I am a little older. So I actually turned 31 tomorrow. I don't know if you consider that older. (laughs) Well, I was, I was older than a lot of the kids in my, in my class. Um, And so I needed to get in the workforce quickly. So I decided to just do my distance internship as opposed to going and getting a whole master's degree uh, and then doing an internship. So that's what I did. And I went with Keith and Associates Dietetic internship, which was a great experience. They were super, super helpful and super willing to piece things together for me that I wasn't able to achieve here in Miami. Very hard to get a clinical rotation here in Miami. Almost impossible, unless you're part of like the colleges. Um, And then I graduated, I passed my exam and I I had a job waiting for me already just because I had a hookup. Um, Quite lucky. But that job was a nightmare. So I'm glad I got out of that. <laughs> a lot of real lessons talk. learned. Yeah, real talk. A lot of lessons learned there about what to put up with and what not to accept as a dietitian. Because, yeah. you know, there's always going to be somebody trying to get more out of you than what they're willing to pay you. But long story short, we'll just kind of fast forward to where I'm at now. I work at a clinic as a dietitian and diabetes educator. I'm also a certified diabetes care and education specialist, which I recently passed my test in October. So that's a big, yeah, (laughs) big feat for me. And I also have my own private practice called En La Mesa Nutrition to play on words with my last name Mesa, which means table in Spanish. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So it's kind of perfect. (laughs) So can we unpack this really quick? Please. I feel like most RDs just go the typical, like, I don't want to say easy route for their DI, but like, I feel like that's not common that people do a distance program. Can we just talk about that really quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was very difficult. I'm not even going to lie. There was very little support because not a lot of people, especially when I, I graduated in 2017, it's not that long ago, but there just wasn't that many options back then because a lot of people still had bachelor's program coordinated programs. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just, it sounds like you have to do everything, right? Like you have I to set up all did. of these sites. You have to do the outreach while that sounds really terrible. You probably learned a shit ton from that. I did. And so what really came in handy was networking before I started my didactic program at FIU I left, I was working as a waitress for 12 years. That was like my thing. I worked in uh, Nobu. I don't know if you're familiar with Nobu. That's that's fancy, guys. Very fancy. So, (laughs) you know, I was pretty cushy. And I just, it wasn't fulfilling me anymore. I really wanted to pursue something that really spoke to me. So I left my job as a waitress and I started getting paid like trash 
as a dietitian's uh what would you call it like an assistant yeah <laughs> and diet aid. yeah yeah it, it was a foot in the door though and so that dietitian yeah. connected me to other dietitians and those dietitians ended up being my preceptor my preceptors wow. for the distance internship it was a lot wow. though it was a lot because when you apply to dicas they are now no longer just looking at you as a candidate they're also looking at your rotations so it's twice as wow. hard to be matched to a program if you're trying to coordinate your own rotations and because there's a monopoly here in south florida with um, clinical rotations no hospital wanted to start a new contract unless they already had an existing one and i was turned down from my first choice the university of houston because my rotations were not acute enough. Wow. And then I got matched with a secondary match that Friday after after primary match and it worked out. It worked out. You know, you just have to be persistent and just persevere and push through and you know, somebody will give you that chance. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm just thinking through that. Like I didn't get matched my first time and it was devastating. So it must have been really cool to like actually be matched with the second time around. <laughs> it was such a relief. I thought my world was over that Tuesday, but I wasn't gonna give up. You know? I I, yeah. I needed to get it done. I needed to make it happen. Damn. All right. Well, I feel like we unpacked that a lot. Let's, <laughs> let's like you said earlier, like let's fast forward. Okay. So right now you work with diabetes patients, but you also have a private practice. What made you go in both directions was, I don't know, are you fulfilled with diabetes education? Do you want more? Tell me. <laughs> I am fulfilled with diabetes education. It's really where my passion lies. However, my passion does not lie in working for someone else. Uh, <laughs> I have a very big entrepreneurial spirit and I just, you know, I'm of the mindset that if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> so Fair. that's kind of why I started my private practice. I incorporated it as a business in 2018. So actually the month before I took my exam, I incorporated the business. So it's a little bit of manifestation there. <laughs> and it's gonna happen yeah yeah and I mean really financially the reason why I'm still working full-time is because it's it's a cushy situation I work from home three out of five days a week and the salary is pretty pretty good for dietitians in Miami that's sweet so I get it. <laughs> yeah until my private practice can fund my lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll probably be doing both. I'm I'm hoping long term to, you know, go part time in my full time job and work a little bit more in my private practice, thinking of launching some group classes next year so that I can have a little bit less face time because it takes up a totally. lot of time. And you can imagine working 40 hours a week and then some. Girl, I know I know a handful of RDs who do it and like you guys make some big shit happen, which is really cool. <laughs> so I, I mean... That's, it's a lot to take on, no doubt, but I think it's also a safer way to do it, right? Like, rather than just quitting everything and not having something to necessarily fall back on. Exactly. I think that that's a really safe way of doing it. And when I talk to other entrepreneurs or like people who want to break out of the clinical world, that's what I recommend. Like, don't just go all in, like freaking Gary V and all these people tell you to have a safety net guys. <laughs> I mean, it's a really big financial move. You're really risking it all. And you know, if you have somebody to fall back on, that's great. 
but I have a mortgage. I've got four dogs. You know, I gotta, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta keep this roof over my head and I'm just not brave enough, I guess you would say to, to make that leap 100%. But you know, you have to start sowing the seeds somewhere and just kind of start somewhere to make that dream a reality. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I know you mentioned earlier, like you don't dig working for someone else, right? So like, that's, the reason that you have this, let's maybe call it a side hustle private practice at this point. Is there anything that you feel like you've taken away from working from other people and that you liked that you're bringing to your private practice? Actually, that's a great question because I've taken a lot of things from working for other people that I don't like, and I try not to replicate that in my private practice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, when it comes to Honestly, the way that insurances and the way that doctors that you work with or that you work under practice doesn't really align with my way that I want to practice, which is why the private practice side hustle really, really is is where I'm most fulfilled. Obviously, working with people with diabetes is super fulfilling in and of itself. However, there's a lot of BMI talk. There's a lot of, you know, weight loss recommendations from their doctors, which are oftentimes unnecessary that I try to avoid in my private practice. And even in my practice at the clinic that I do full time, I try to really kind of steer them away from the weight talk and more into the behavior change aspect of things, which is really yeah. where you make the traction. Yeah. I love that. It's interesting that you approached it from that angle because I feel like having worked in restaurants in the past, like I took what I didn't like from working for other people in the restaurant world. And I tried to find places like at the next job that I worked at where they didn't do X, Y, and Z. Exactly. So I think that that really is important, especially when you're doing your own thing too, right? Like you get to decide what you like and what you don't. And that's, I think is what makes private practice or being a solopreneur that much more fulfilling. Hell yeah. Absolutely. thousand percent. Okay. So you've been in business for a couple of years. Are there any big lessons that you wish you would have known when you first started out or you're shaking your head? So I'm (laughs) guessing that's a yes, but like, is there anything major that you feel like you've learned along the way? Yes, yes, absolutely. So one of the biggest things I learned about private practice that I wish I had known sooner is that you bring more value to the table and to your services then they can pay you at an hourly rate that seems feasible for anybody to be making. So, you know, my biggest mistake the first two years of my private practice was that I was charging, you know, some flat rate per hour. And it it was no way I was ever going to make anything out of that, like financially, because you put in a lot of work behind the scenes and you also add a lot more value than just your time. I agree. So, what was that shift for you? I actually, what was that aha moment? I met with a business coach. Uh-huh. I met with a business coach <laughs> and she gave me just like a free consultation, a 45 minute brief consultation. And, you know, just in speaking with her, I couldn't afford her services, <laughs> but just in speaking with her, she just kind of opened up my mind to things and I revamped the way that I was. Uh, promoting myself and offering my services. And 
as opposed to just offering per hour services, I started offering packages. And so the packages included a lot of things that add value to the package. For example, the platform that you're using, the food and mood journals that they can write into, a recipe book, you know, access to me through text message, which is honestly priceless for the client. But for the dietitian, that that takes up some time and some attention and some some thought. So yeah. definitely I started valuing myself a lot more, not just financially, but also like mentally. I love that that transition for you came in two ways, right? Like just by having a really quick conversation with someone to kind of just like basically shake you and be like, what are you doing? Exactly. And two, you had the wherewithal as a business person to realize that that was not something feasible for you at the time, but you were still able to take action on it. And I think that that's really important as well, because a lot of the times I think people think that they have to have a business coach to make big change, but sometimes you just need like a slap in the face to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> So I feel like that's a really good lesson, guys. So if you are considering a business coach, definitely work the market, right? Like don't necessarily hit up the first person that you see. I've had three, two unsuccessful and dumped a ton of money into that. So from personal experience, like you really need to vibe with that person. And that needs to be really crucial as in like your deciding factor and then money, like coming into that factor as well. So your approach is very unique and I dig it. Thank you. I'm very much a doer. <laughs> and like, if I can yeah. do something myself, I will. So I've worn the accountant hat, the marketing hat, the graphic designer hat, the, <laughs> the works, the works. I do yeah. my own taxes for the business. Like after, after paying somebody for two years to do my taxes, I was like, Oh, that's it. That's all you're doing. Nah, I'll save myself the 250 bucks and I'll do it myself. Yeah. And I, I think like there are different, I, spoke about this, I think earlier, like on another podcast, but like we have different zones of genius, right? And for a lot of us, that's nutrition and being able to explain that to clients in a way that they can understand. Then there's things that like fall into our zone of excellence that we're like, eh, you know what? Like we can talk about this. It may be not like it's our best and like we're in flow all the time. We might have to research some things, but yeah, it is what it is. Then zone of competence. And for some people that's numbers. Like, seems like you dig doing taxes for some people. That's like not their thing. And then I don't know what the last rung of that is, but like zone of incompetence, let's call it that. Like you really need someone else's help for it. Or like, it just drains you to do it. Like if you can work in your zone of genius slash excellence, most of the time, awesome. But Hey, let's be real. You're right. As solopreneurs, we have to put many hats on and like, it is what it is, you know? So you just have to figure out what's worth your time putting that hat on. Absolutely. And some things aren't worth your time. And sometimes you will want to hire out for some things, but you know, it's all about investing in yourself and, and really kind of figuring out what is worth your time and what isn't so that you're not wasting crucial time that you could be investing in something else on that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Well, since we've gotten tons of good nuggets of info from that, let's chat a little bit about how you like to collaborate with fellow RDs. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is an awesome collaboration right now. I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> I love just kind of, you know, having that conversation back and forth with 
like-minded RDs and even not like-minded RDs because you can learn a lot from people that practice differently from you and just kind of see things from a different perspective. But I feel like the perspective that I'm working from, like anti-diet, weight-inclusive, including your cultural foods, that is kind of a niche where we really need to come together because the atmosphere, the diet atmosphere, the nutrition atmosphere in general is so not inclusive and so being able to find that community and just bonding with them and collaborating on anything really whether it be a podcast whether it be a journal article or whether it be a cooking demo which I love to do um, it's really really fun and really rewarding and it's a community that I haven't been able to really find like when I was in school that's that wasn't a thing you know yeah it's so interesting I feel like the the reason I created this podcast was really to like grow a community and give RDs a way to collaborate because we, we have niched down so much as like an industry, if you will, that like we all specialize in different things and no, we're not going to know everything about everything. So yeah, it's going to be really beneficial when you partner with someone who knows way more than you about like sports nutrition versus, I don't know, the cooking side of things, you know? So guys, there's tons of different ways to collab with fellow RDs out there. Are there any RDs in particular, like any niches in particular that you'd be down to collab with? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, (laughs) Like you want me to name them by name? (laughs) All these people out, put it out into the universe. Definitely. I love, love the work that Eat Well Exchange does. They're a local organization and it's a black owned and black run organization And they bring nutrition education into schools and into the community, including their cultural foods. They also have garden aspects of that. So they actually opened up a garden in Haiti. And so I love that because the Haitian community is huge here in Miami. And it's a really big population that I work with. So um, I love to collaborate with those ladies. We have a really good, just open line of communication via Instagram um, let's see, there's, there's just so many Caribbean dietitians that I like to work with. There is one woman, her name is Lorena Drago, and she's like my mentor. Um, recently did a collab with her and another five Latina and yeah, Latina, Hispanic, whatever they want to identify themselves as dietitians and certified diabetes care and education specialists, where we each had did a presentation and a cooking demo with our you know cultural foods i of course did cuba you know so (laughs) we did a toston relleno with and it was plant-based which that's awesome was odd it was quite the challenge (laughs) but it was really really good so our sponsor was plant-based so um i had to kind of bend a little bit for that but that was quite the challenge because you know if you if you know cuban food there's not a lot of plant-based no <laughs> whole Meat meals that heavy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, we have a lot of rice and beans and yuca and stuff, so I guess that can be vegan. But even in the rice and beans, there's like pork meat in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was it was awesome. So I was super excited to collaborate with them on things. Of course, you. I was honored <laughs> to to meet you and to collab with you on this. I've always wanted to do a podcast, so this is awesome. I have a friend that I did an internship with. Her name is Bridget Wood. She's also a certified diabetes care and education specialist, uh, and she's out in Nevada. So doing a podcast with her is always something that I've talked about. 
that we've talked about. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you've got yeah. so many things that you're juggling. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. I have my past podcast took like a 10 month hiatus, so I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's needed uh, sometimes though. Oh yeah. So what I'm really hearing is that you're very much into cultural foods in case that didn't come across <laughs> fellow listeners. And she's super down to collab with people who are also into cultural foods who are Latina, Hispanic, uh, some type of minority who just need to be spoken for on a different or in a different way and have that representation together and build that together. All right. Yeah, let's do that. That's going out to the universe. Guys, respond. (laughs) Sending out my manifestation waves. (laughs) I love it. It doesn't really follow through on the podcast, but we're wiggling our fingers a lot, guys. (laughs) Uh, Have you told the good RDs out there where they can find you? I don't believe you have. Well, you can find me on Instagram at En La Mesa Nutrition. That's E-N-L-A-M-E-S-A Nutrition. Um, Also, you can visit my website at www.enlamesanutrition.com. Same thing, same name. Um, I'm trying to break into TikTok, but I'm not, uh, I'm having a hard time with that. It's, uh, Your reels are hilarious. <laughs> so I feel like that would be a really, really easy transition. <laughs> you, would think, you would think, but um, I don't know if they translate as well as they do on Instagram to TikTok. I try mm. to just double the content. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not it's so much. Hard. It's been hard to break into that, you know. Those Gen Zers really, really got a hold of of TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, on that note, Deanna, it's been a pleasure. I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. So we're nine episodes in, and I really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoy having the conversations with these fellow RDs. It's insightful, I think, to to have this conversation and see where people come from and how that influences the RD that they become and the messages that they have out there. And I feel like this is such a great example of, of just that. Let's do a quick recap. You have to be persistent, persevere, and somebody will give you that chance. Two, when launching a private practice, take what you've learned, both positive and negative, so that you can shape your practice into something that you not only enjoy, but you also believe in. Three, you bring more value to your clients than what you're paid hourly. Rethink your offers and package them. So before this episode, how much had you explored cultural plates? Do you take it into account when you're working with clients of Latin and Caribbean and descent or any ethnicity? If this wasn't on your radar, I hope that this conversation has opened your eyes a bit towards being culturally competent. If you're down to add this tool, to your tool belt, cultural competency, especially of the Latino communities and each of the Latino countries, Diana is actually releasing her ebook this month. Super exciting. The way the diabetes plate is represented in the States, she is creating an ebook that will represent all of these Latino countries in a way that represents the flavors of their countries in a way that is culturally relatable to what the people of those countries consume. So if you're an RD, this would be an amazing resource for you to use to increase your knowledge when you're working with these clients and for your clients themselves so that they can see what foods from their country, what foods they're already familiar with can fit into their plate. So the book is not out yet, but the wait list is available and she might even be throwing in a bonus for those on the wait list. So that link is in the show notes. 
So in case you guys didn't know, I love connecting with fellow RDs. And fun fact, after recording this, I happened to be in Miami and had the opportunity to meet up with Deanna in person. It's crazy what virtual collabs and podcast interviews can lead to, which is why it's so great to be able to collaborate and approach collabs with an open mind. After meeting in person, we chatted more virtually and she ended up joining the Dietitian Collaborative Mastermind. Who better than Deanna herself to tell you the experience that she's had and the transformation that she's had within the last couple of weeks of being in the mastermind? Hey, just wanted to share my amazing experience with the Dietitian Collaborative Mastermind. I came into this program with so many ideas that I thought I wanted my business to go in that direction. And I ended up completely going back to the drawing boards and working something out that actually fits my needs, aligns with my values, and honors my human design a lot more than what I initially thought I should be doing. Uh, I've had such an amazing time collaborating with the other dietitians who were so similar, but yet so different. And we all come to the table with awesome ideas, great questions. And it's just, it's been such a great investment. I would invest in this time and time again. And I just wanted to say, thank you, Celestina. No, Diana, thank you. And you are so welcome. So the Dietitian Collaborative Mastermind is an intimate collaboration-focused mastermind, allowing you space to harness your uniqueness and your energetic DNA to create a source of residual income that feels aligned, all while connecting and forming genuine collaborative relationships with fellow RDs. The next session launches March 21st, and I would love for you to be a part of it. If you're down to put a little woo in what you do, then this is the perfect mastermind for you. Side note, totally didn't mean for that to rhyme. The waitlist is open, so you can add yourself to the list and then receive updates on how we can get started. The link is in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for listening this week, and I hope that this has inspired you to connect and collab with fellow RDs. We have so much we can learn from each other and share. Connect with a fellow RD this week. All of the links from today's show are in the show notes. Sending you all the good vibes, and we'll chat next week. Also, if you love the podcast and know another RD who would love it too, share it with them and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a ton. And if you're an RD and you want to be part of the podcast, the link to apply is in the show notes. 